things we allow or don't allow in our life has a lot to do with our, uh, the type of life we can live. And, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, 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 it's really bad whenever a lot of the problems that you're going through is problems that you've kind of brought on yourself, especially whenever you, re- and you realize and know that. So it's, it's not, you know, if we put the Lord where he's supposed to be, he's priority number one. We keep him there. You, you eliminate a lot of misery. Amen? I know I do. I know a lot. I, I know when I have found myself uh, in times of struggles or heartache or things happening, whatever, I can go and stop and look. Many, many times I can see that the problem is me. I mean, the problem is me. Then things that I have allowed to kind of shift me around or get my attention off of the Lord or kind of push him aside. That's, 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 see, that's, and so that's not the way that it, it should be for a child of God. I mean, we, we can't, it's, it's, it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to keep the Lord where he needs to be. And I think each and every one of us that are born again children of God, Spirit of God living within us, we have, a, we have a heart, we have a mind, we have a conscience that the Spirit of God is dealing with. Every one of you that know, and I, and I believe that with all my heart. And you're the only one that you know where you are. You know what, how, how God's dealing with you. You know what he's speaking in, into your life. And I thank God for that. I thank God. It's, it, it gives me a sh- I know, see, I know that I know him. I know that I know him because he deals with me. He speaks to my heart. He, he, he works in my life. He lets me know whenever uh, things ain't right. He lets me know when things are right. He blesses me with his presence. He brings me through difficult times that sometimes that I thought, well, I, 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 could ne- I can never get through this. This, is, this will wind me up. Well, it, it ain't, it ain't going to wind me up. I've learned he's there because I got... I have that relationship with him. And, it's, and so we looked at the fact that that was not the way they should be living as God. In other words, I just feel like God's people, with God right where he needs to be in their life, will live victorious lives. Okay? You'll live victorious. I didn't say that you may not go through heartache and suffering. I didn't, not that. I'm just saying no matter, you will live victorious life. Now the defeated life, is when we allow things in that should be there. Now they might be they make things come through. See, just because you have hardships or suffering, something may come to you, you still live victorious. You don't you don't live defeated. And the only way that you can do that is, is if you are a child of God, because it's the power of God and the Spirit of God that lifts us lifts us up and, and helps us to live there. Okay? Now we can find ourselves we've made mistakes, whatever, just like these folks here. But aren't you glad that you can cry out to him? And he'll hear you. And he'll begin to work. He can begin to work and do things to correct it whenever you begin to cry out to him and look and see, this, I don't need to be here. And, and, and to me, that's, uh, that's uh, and, and I was looking at this last week about, about the Celebrate Recovery. That, that is so good for the folk, you know, that come in sometimes with beaten down with life to realize that we all have struggles. But the thing about it is, is that your answer, your answer is not us. Your answer is not celebrate. Your answer is a man named Jesus. It's a relationship with him. He changes everything. He changes everything. And yet that's what you need to know. And I'm I'm weak and I can and I can be and I can falter and I've sinned and, and all of these things. And we're all in that boat. But what I'm what 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 a person needs to know is that, you know, you just need Jesus. Or maybe you know him, but you've you've drifted way, way far from the shore, as I said. 
it's Jesus. Get back to him. He, he, can take, he can take that person that has destroyed their life when they, they say, there's no hope, there's nothing that can be done, I have thrown it away. He can take it and turn it around and use you, my friend, and I believe that with all my heart. And so we looked at, we looked at that, and as we, as we get into this, right after um, <clears throat> he, had, he told the people that it was, you know, they had not done what he said. They had let idols come, in, come into their life. And um, <clears throat> then we pick up with Gideon right here at, at, at verse 11. And I just kind of had about four, four little observations as I, as I went through these verses. But the, the first one here, the first one, I, and it was just, uh, it just, this thought came to me as I'm thinking about Gideon, what he might have said. And the first thing would have been, how can you say that? How can you say that? So let's look at it real quick. Verse 12. And he's talking about the angel of the Lord there in the tree. But the angel of the Lord, you know, and in my mind I picture, I don't know, I just picture things. But I picture that tree. And I picture that fella sitting under the tree. And that fella is the angel of the Lord, which is mentioned several places, but the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. This is Jesus in the flesh before he came. To pay our sin debt. He was there. He was a man. There's a, there's a man sitting there. Under that tree. And this poor boy is in that. Why? He's trying to hide. And I don't. He might not have known who. He didn't know. I don't think he knew. He didn't know, he didn't know who it was. I don't. He probably, so I'm sure he probably had never seen him before. And he's wondering. I wonder what he's up to. And I wonder who this is. He may be trying to slip in here and get. Get what little bit I've got or whatever. But you, you see that picture and, and he's hiding and he sees that fellow sitting there. And then that fellow, the, the fellow sitting on the tree looks at him and, and just while he's watching him and all, watching what he's doing, how he's hiding and everything. And then that, that person under the tree says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon saying, uh, if there's one thing I hate, it's people making fun of me. I'm in a bad, this is, I know this looks pitiful. I know who I am. I know what's going on here. I'm crouched down here, defeated, trying to get a little, do a little bit here. And this fella is, he's making fun of me. Could you, does that make sense? Could you see that? Could you see Gideon feeling like, you know what? He's making fun. You mighty man of valor. So I looked at the, the word valor, and it's, uh, it's uh, the definition is great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. So we got great courage in the face of danger. We got this little feather head over here. And you're, you're, you're a man of valor. So could, can you, does it make sense that he'd say, how can you say that? Even if he thought, well, he might not be making fun, he's just crazy. You know, whatever. How can you, how could you, how can you say that? Look at our plight. You know, look at my life. 
Look at me. How can you how could you how can you say that with what you're looking at here? I mean, when you say when just to, to look at our plight when he talks about his people in in in, in verse uh, 13, I, I, I love this, we just really look at this, it says, and Gideon, and Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if, if the Lord is with us. I mean, that right off says what? I don't believe it. I don't think so. You, you know, if he's with us, why then has all this happened to us? Anybody ever ask that? Well, exactly. Yeah, I have too. I tell you what, I've asked that. I've asked that thinking I don't deserve this only to later on find out that I was the problem. Now boy, that, that, that'll, turn you, that'll, that'll turn you for a loop there. But he's asking, why has this happened to us? And, 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 and where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of, up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You know, look, I mean, look at, look at, our, look at our plight. I mean, our lives, we're being looted. You know, it, what, what, what belongs to us is being taken from us. And we're having to live like this. And you're calling me a mighty man of valor. And you're saying that the Lord is with us. Wow. Here I'm hiding in fear. I don't, that don't add up. And then when he said, and then I put that, you know, just, just look at me. And look at verse uh, uh, 15. Look at verse 15 when we talk about it. So he said to him, here's Gideon talking. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. Now, I'm I'm just going to read to you how how Eugene Peterson did this paraphrase in the the message, the Bible. uh, It says, here's what Gideon says, Look at me. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the run of the litter. I'm nothing. I mean, I mean that's that's exactly what he's saying. I mean, my my people are we ain't much in Israel know how, and I'm the weakest one of them. How can you say that? How can you say that? How can you say I'm a man of valor? How can you say that the Lord is with me? And then not only that, with that same thought in mind, Gideon. Number one, Gideon is certainly not displaying any valor. He's not displaying. He doesn't look like a man of valor when you just look at him. If anybody walked by him, I will guarantee I wrote this. I said, I bet you undoubtedly he's never been called that before. I bet, I bet nobody's called him a man of valor. I mean, because you can tell he's shocked. And the third thing about Gideon is he doesn't feel like a man of valor. But man, I'm thinking about when God, when God moves, when God wants to use you, when God shows up, he challenges you to make a move in some direction or, or, or the other in your life, whatever, whatever, that he is able to do. He is able to do it, and you can do it regardless 
regardless of what you think of yourself, because the bottom line is, it's not you. See, I, and I can, I, can preach this, I can preach this pretty good because I can sure preach to me. But there's, there's been times whenever I would not step out in faith because I didn't feel like I was, that I was qualified. I didn't feel like I could do it. I couldn't, I, 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 wanted, I couldn't do that. You know, I just couldn't do it. That's the same thing here. That's the way he is. Well, it doesn't matter. It, that, that, listen, that has absolutely, totally nothing to do with it if God has called you or moved on you to do some particular thing that he wants you to do. And in, in, in all of our lives, somewhere down in our lives, there's probably times when there's a, big, there's a big decision to be made. Or we've got something on us that we feel like the Lord is, is leading in, some, in a direction to do something. And I know, I know my own self, I have fought it sometimes and pushed it aside until it was gone. Until it was gone. And I believe when it's gone, it's probably gone. I know the Lord can do whatever. But I think there's some good lessons, some good lessons here. So we look at this first thing, the very first thing, is that how can you say that? You, it doesn't look like the Lord's here. I certainly don't, am no man of valor. But the second thing that I want to look at is the, the, the actual, what Jesus, what the, the angel said, which was, the Lord is with you. As a matter of fact, he said that first. Before, he said, thou mighty man of valor. First thing, first thing first, first thing is that the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is in this. I tell you what, one of the worst things to do is to make a decision, go do something whenever the Lord was, wasn't in it, and you're down the road a piece and you realize the Lord wasn't in this. <laughs> and I done got out of here. And I'm done, you know. I, as a matter of fact, I... I you know, I, I, didn't even, I, didn't even, I didn't even bother to find out if the Lord would, if wanted me to do that. It was just, I made that move. See, it's important to know that, that the Lord's with you in, in what you're doing. And I believe that in our, in, in, in our, in our lives. See, he, he was, it was the fact that the Lord was with Gideon would be the reason that he could call him that. No other reason. If the Lord will, I mean, there was nothing in Gideon. There was nothing there in Gideon. The reason that he could say that was because he knew what he was going to do through him. He knew what he knew what he could do with the with the with the Lord present in his life. That is the main thing. If the Lord's with you, the Lord's leading, He's telling you to do this. The best thing any of us can do is to do exactly what the, the Lord is leading us to do. That that is one of the the, most, the, the reasons why you should have a close relationship with the Lord instead of float through life. Because He will. He leads. He speaks. And we don't need to get wrapped up in idols and everything going on around about us. That we don't hardly hear it. If we do, we push it aside, whatever. No, get Him first. Make sure that He's with you. He's leading in that. In the decisions that we make in our lives. Wow. We could sure save ourselves a lot of headache. But the second thing, and I just put down here, when Jesus, when Jesus shows up. See, folks, from cover to cover, this is a story about Jesus. 
All history, all creation is wrapped up in Jesus. That's, it's him. It's him. And whenever I see that, the angel of the Lord, you know, and I just look at it. Jesus showed up. Jesus was there. He was the, he was the difference maker. And I put that down, it, it, that he is the difference maker. Now, now, Gideon, to me, is like the woman at the well. He's talking with him, but he don't know who he is. You understand? You see what I'm saying? He's talking with him, and they back in two, and there's some things being said, don't really understand or whatever, but and, and uh, eventually uh, Gideon would realize and see and know who this was and understand that he was, uh, he, he was in the presence of God, that God was there. But it, this, this is Jesus. He has shown up, and he, but he doesn't know that at the, at the time. But see, that's, that's and, and the difference, I put it, the difference maker has showed up. We're in a terrible fix. Our, my, our whole society, Gideon's whole society was in a terrible fix. There's, what can you do? What can we, how do we change? Well, well the only way it's going to be changed is what Jesus will change. The gospel of Jesus Christ, that's God himself, the one, the creator of the world. He's the one that will, will move and, and correct things, fix things one way or the other. He's going to. That's a fact. That's a fact. And it's when, when, when Jesus shows up, it begins, the difference maker, it begins to make a difference here with him. But I put, he's a difference maker, but he's a difference maker in your personal life, in my life, in your life. If you are a, if you're, if you're lost, Jesus is your savior. He's the one that can save you of your sins. He's the one that can give you eternal life. He's the one that can place you in the family of God. It is a, he makes a difference in our personal lives. Not only that, Jesus, he makes a difference in our family. He can. I mean, if, 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 if we, we're where we need to be and he, he's there and he's leading and we're following, he makes a difference. He makes a difference in our life. He makes a difference. Hey, folks, he makes a difference in the church. See, when Jesus left this earth and went back to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit back in, back to his church to empower his people to be witness, witnesses for who? Him, for Jesus Christ. When, when, we come, when we come here to church, on, we come, the Spirit of God, we pray for the Spirit of God to move into our hearts. And what, 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 what activates that more than anything that I know of is when we begin to praise and lift up the name of Jesus. That's what that that is. That's that's where it just the spirit begins to move, because it's you're focusing on Him. He is everything. He's He Jesus came. He got, He died. He paid the price. He was buried. He rose again. Sin couldn't hold Him. It is Jesus. He's done that. My life is short. I won't be here very long. But I know that my I have life eternal because of Him. I didn't do anything except show up and believe and trust in him. It's Jesus. He's do, he does everything. He does everything. So if I can trust him with my eternal life, I certainly ought to be able to trust him with this life right here. To whatever, I, whatever he may call on me to do. Whatever he may call on me. So it makes a difference. It makes a difference in this church. And I love it. I love it when God's moving with his people. That's a, folks, that's the reason it is so important, I believe, to be in church somewhere. If you believe, be, be, be a part of a body of believers and be in there and be active in it because it's powerful. 
And that's the way God shows up and works so many times. Not only that, he's a difference maker in your community, in your society, in your culture. Jesus, he is. He's with you. It says the Lord is with you. He did not know it, but the Lord was with him. It didn't look like it, but the Lord was with him. Mm-mm-mm. Tell you what, there's many times in your life it's going gonna, it's gonna to encourage you whenever you, you're so low, but you can always know the Lord's with you. The Lord's with you. The Lord's with you. Man, that's good. The third thing, and this is a, this is pretty, I, I, I like this, uh, and I'm going to spend a little time here. Number three, have I not sent thee? Have I not sent you? I have sent you. I'm the one. See, this is, this is my will. This is what I want you to do. I'm sending you, wherever it might, whatever it may be. Now, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to single out Jimmy here just real quick. Don't get nervous, Jimmy. I ain't going to get you to sing or nothing like that. Uh, but I do know, because Mama shared with me a few weeks ago, that the Lord had burdened Jimmy's heart to go and meet with a couple who were going through some tough, tough times. And Jimmy had put it off. Put it off and put it off. Finally, he said, Mama, I got to go. I know I got to go. Why? Because, see, whether anybody else knows it or not, Jimmy does. Jimmy knows God is sending him there. Have I not sent you? And I can tell you, folks, I've wrestled with stuff. It's just it's amazing because I just know me. There's many times I've, the Lord has impressed on me to do things and I just flat hunker down. Ain't going. Ain't going. Not only that, I didn't go. Now there's times, and I know there's times if God wants you to go, he'll put you out. He, you go. But there's times when he will just let you make that decision. Now what you want to do, I'm telling you to go and you know it. And Jimmy went. Hating to go scared to go. I don't know what to say. But when he got there, the, word, the Lord gave him exactly what he needed to say. It blessed them. It blessed him. Isn't that good? Because the Lord had sent him. See, <clears throat> the Lord's saying, this is my plan. This is my will. I'm sending you. And, and, and I just wrote this. And if I'm sending, if I'm sending you, you can go assured that I'm going to be with you. Just, just where it is. Just where it is. But see, that, we go back to that, that personal relationship with God where he's dealing with, with us as individuals with, and, and what we do. Now, what I want to do, if you will right now, because I want to stay here looking at this here, have I not sent you? What, you know, when he's, <laughs> and I wrote, I wrote this down, and I, I think this, this is good. Go when he sends. Don't when he doesn't. When he says go, go. And when he says don't, don't. See, following him, following him. Let's go to Numbers chapter 14. 
Numbers chapter 14. I want you to see this. I, for, and I just think it's good for us to hear and to know. Number 14. Just give you a real quick rundown here before I go into this. This is whenever the, the children of Israel have come to the promised land. Moses sends in 12 spies to spy out the land. They come back and say, man, this is a wonderful place. Just like the Lord said, a place flowing with milk and honey. The only thing is is that they got giants there and we look like grasshoppers and that the, the land that just eats us up and we ain't, there ain't a thing in the world we can do. We just, we just don't even need to try. Except for Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can do it. Well, there's just no reason to try. Let me, let me ask you this. Had God sent them there? Had God told them to go in? He said, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. I'm sending you in. This is what I want you to do. I don't. You know, it's, it's easy to get discouraged sometimes. But the main thing is that God had sent them and told them to go in. And they scared the people to death. Even Joshua and Caleb couldn't do much about it. And uh, let's pick up in verse 1, in chapter 14. So they've told them this, this land, there's, there's a lot of bad people there. Now listen to what they say. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Let me stop right there and tell you, be careful what you ask for. Sometimes your mouth, no, a lot of times, your mouth, will do you damage. Oh, mercy. Wish we had died in the wilderness. God can, can, take, can, can do that. Yeah. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to remain in Egypt? They said one to another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are bred. Their protection has departed from them. And what? What does he say? And the Lord is with us. That's the, that is the key. The Lord's with us. The Lord has sent me. It's him that's with me. No. No, I can't live this life. I can't do that. I need the Lord. He's with me. I need his power. I need to follow him. I need him working. I need to be going in the direction he's sending, not working against it. 
The Lord is with us. Love it. That's all, see, that's, that's all Joshua and Caleb needed to know. That's all they needed to know. I'm sure if they had sat down, well, Joshua, y'all tell, tell us your plan. How are you planning on doing it? You saw the giants. Well, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? How are you going to handle that? Caleb just says, the Lord's with me. That's it. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't have a plan. All I know is that's where the Lord said go. And I need to go. I need to do that. So, it says, only do, it said, do not fear them. The tenth verse says, and all the congregation said to, to stone them with stones. And now the glory of God appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before the children of Israel. God showed up here. The glory of God came down. They're trying to stone Joshua and Caleb and Moses, get rid of them, get them somebody, carry them back. Because they did not want to go. They didn't want to go where God had sent them. Now, <clears throat> God is extremely displeased here. You know, and that, it, that's true. I mean, when we think, of, that's, we could say, well, you know, God knows everything. He knew what they're going to do and all that kind of stuff. I, yeah, I know all of that. But I know that the Bible says that he was strictly, dis, very displeased with what they were doing and the decision that they made. Okay? And so God said, I mean, I can sit here and try to think I play God or whatever, but God, God, God says, I, I want to kill them. I, 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 that's what God said. They, they, they've acted like this, and I'm ready to get out. As a matter of fact, he said, Moses, listen, I will clean them out, wipe them out, and I'll just raise up another group of people to, in your name. Just, you know, we'll just, I'll just we'll wipe them out. Do you, think God, do you think God felt like that? Well, I've got to believe that's what the Bible said. He said he, felt he, wanted, he wanted to wipe them out. Now, all, all I know is Moses said, Lord, Lord, don't do that. Now, did that, have any, did, that, did, that, did that change God's mind? He didn't do them. He didn't wipe them out. He didn't wipe them out. But he said, oh, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. Don't do that, Lord. I mean, he... The Egyptians see you bring them out here and you're just going to deliver them and all. And then when they, why, it's the reason that they'll just say, well, you failed. You weren't able. You ain't no God. You know, that sort of thing. That's, that's kind of the way he laid it out. And, and so he said, just give them grace and mercy. Oh, boy, ain't that good? Just give them your grace and your mercy on them. And God did. God did that. But even with his grace and mercy, there's still consequences. Whenever you don't want to do what God wants you to do. There's consequences for disobedience. It's just the way it is. That's God's people. So let's pick up here now in verse 26. Verse 26. Well, let's look at verse 25. Let's start at 25. Because after he, God changed his mind and said, okay, all right. But I'm telling you, they're going, to, they're going in the wilderness. They're going to die in, except for Joshua and Caleb. Them two, not. But he says in verse 25, Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow, turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Okay, now, what we got? We got some more instructions, ain't we? He's sending them where? He's sending them somewhere else. Send them tomorrow. Y'all get up and go and turn and head out toward the wilderness. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, Listen, 
The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who, compl who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say unto them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken. Did you hear what I said a while ago? Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. <laughs> oh, I wish we could just have died in the wilderness. Mm. Isn't that something? And the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness, all of you who, are num who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. Except for Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter into the land which I swore I would make you to dwell in. You're not going to. But now listen here. But your little ones whom you said would be victims... I'll bring them in, and they shall know the land that you have despised. God keeps on working. God keeps on working. You haven't changed. God's going to work. God's going to do what he wants to do. But you, he, he may use you, but he may not. He may let you make that choice. It says, but as for you, your carcass shall, shall fall in the wilderness, and your son shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and bear the brunt of the, your fidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of the days which you spied out the land, 40 days, they, they were in there 40 days spying out the land. He says, for, for, for 40 days, for each day you shall bear uh, your guilt one year, namely 40 years, you shall, and you shall know my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to, to all this evil congregation who have gathered against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there, and there they shall die. Now the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. Boom. Okay. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. Do you know that will shake, that will shake you? When God begins to move. Now God had moved here and, 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 and those ten men died of a plague. You got Joshua and them still there. You got these people and, and, and God said this is, what we, this is where you're going. This is what you're going to do. You're going to turn. You're going to go back out there to the wilderness. Now listen. Sometimes you can say oh man I have learned my lesson. I'm going to do what the Lord said. Okay. So let's look at it. Verse 39. Then Moses told those words to all the children of Israel and the people mourned greatly. And listen to this. And they rose up early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain saying, Here we are. <laughs> Can't you see that? They all show up there. Here we are. Here we are. And we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. Yes, they have. And they realized. And there's a, a repentance here. So you can just feel that. And Moses says, Now why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up, lest you be defeated by your enemies. For why? Lord ain't with you. What priority number one? I need the Lord. How about y'all? He needs to be with me. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to push him aside. I don't want to act like I don't want him in my life. I need him. I want him there. 
I want him there. So, he says, don't go do that. Now listen, listen, I mean, I told you to go in there. That's what I wanted you to do, and you wouldn't do it. Now I'm telling you, go to the wilderness, and you don't want to do it. Did you know that disobedience is in both places? Disobedience is in both places. Disobedience is disobedience. He said, don't go. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you have turned away from the Lord, and the Lord shall not be with you. But they presumed. We, we, we're going to go anyhow. Isn't that amazing? Same people. No, we ain't going. We ain't going in there to fight those giants. We ain't going. I know I, God sent us, but we ain't going. Now he's, now God says, don't go in there. Oh, we go. Just can't get it right. Isn't that amazing? And they presumed to go to the mount. Nevertheless, neither the ark of the covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed from the camp. In other words, God didn't go. Wow. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Horeb. Wow. The lesson's here. Time to come you can ease up. Go when he sinned. Don't when he doesn't. He said, don't go in there. And they wanted to. They, they did exactly what he said not do. So we have... Gideon, and I love this last number four. And I just simply said, when God is in it, when God is in it. I love that song. They, do, do, they need to sing that again to you soon too. Uh, when God is in it, there is no limit. Remember that praise song that they did? When God is in it, it's not over, it's not over, it's not over. When God's in it. See, that's, that's the important thing. When God's in it, is God in your life? Are you saved for one thing? Is God in your life? Is he in your, a believer, is he in your life today? Is he, is he, is he something that's active? Is he, is he a part of you? Is he actually, he's just like a member of the family. He's there. Or is he just somebody that crosses my mind now and then? See, when God's in it, I love this here. Now, let, let me get back over to Judges, and I'll close with I promise I promise you, I ain't just pulling your leg. I'm going to close. Verse 16 in Judges 6. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you. And listen to this. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. So I put it here. When the Lord's in it, when the Lord's in it, he says you shall defeat this. I put it, there's an assurance of victory if the Lord's in it. If the Lord's in it. See, that's, that's the reason for each one of us as individuals and as a body of believers in, in this church, whatever we're doing, the Lord needs to be in it. Y'all agree? Well, the Lord needs to be in it. This ain't, this ain't just something we've come up on our own. Well, like they, like they know, well, here we are. We're going to do this. No, we want the Lord in it. We want the Lord in it. We want Him leading. We want to go where He's leading. And not only that, when you do that, when you do that, He said, you shall defeat the Midian. How? How are you going to defeat them? As one man. What does that mean? 
As far as I'm concerned, it means this. If the Lord's in it, it will be amazingly easy. It won't be hard. It won't be hard. You know, have you ever tried to force something? It's hard. I mean, yeah, I know I've got to, going to fix something or do something, and 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 it's you know it should be. Have you ever had them days where everything you touch it just it was hard. It was just a struggle. You know, this thing's supposed to go together. They, they just and it, they, it won't, and you just you, you fight and you. Yeah, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard, but I, it's going to whip me. That's how you feel. That's how you feel when you're trying to do things. See, that was the place. Hey, when they showed up that morning and said, here we are, we're going to go. Did you know that wasn't faith? That was flesh. Big difference. And when we're operating in the flesh, it's a struggle. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing feels good. Ain't nothing, nothing comes easy. But when God is there and God is in it, and you're following him, it's just... He, what he's saying is, this will be just like you taking that army to go out there and, and, and whip one man. That shouldn't be a problem, has it? He says, it ain't. Because you trust in me. You trust in me. So tonight, to close out, let's be in agreement that we want, we want God in it. In our lives, we want God in this church, working, moving, doing things that he wants to do. That's the reason I tell you, pray for Brother Johnny, pray for leaders, that, that we're letting the Lord lead this. Because we don't have to. We can just operate out of our own mind or whatever we feel like doing or think's good or whatever. I just want, I want, I want to put the Lord first. I want to put him on the pedestal. I want him to be the leader. I want him guiding. I want him here. I want him in it. I, I want to walk in that y'all can stand. I want to walk in these buildings. When we come in, I want anybody to walk in these buildings and feel like the Lord is in it. Isn't that good? When they walk into Rayford Road Church, they have a feeling that the Lord is here. Time to sing for us.